When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Baseball Insiders. It is the month of June. We are two months away from the MLB trade deadline. This is why we play. And we are going to be breaking down some more updated info on buyers, sellers, targets who might not be available anymore, targets who could be available well before the deadline who are opting out of their current minor league contracts and can help out a contender, as well as teams stuck in between. Cough, cough the Chicago Cubs. And here with me to break it all down and field the comments and do the dirty work and give you the straight dope is fan side is MLB insider Robert Murray. Robert, how you doing, man? I'm great, man. What a, uh, what a nice little introduction to the show by you. That was, that was good work as always, but yeah, pleasure to be here. We got plenty of info. Um, Yeah. Life is, life is very good. How about you? Good. I feel good. Uh, Sun is shining. That was a not written, not a written intro, all improv um we're switching things up a little bit just a little bit you have a new twitter profile picture so we're entering a different universe i don't know if you want to speak on that vibe yeah that's uh i had a little photo shoot the other day and it turned out to be a, a brand new twitter picture and uh the first person to notice it on twitter this morning was in fact obviously a burner um should, as expected that man is on it he he follows my twitter like a hawk i appreciate you obviously a burner uh, comments have been nothing but uh, nothing but nice, so that's been it's been a very welcome development. So um, yeah, it was uh, way out of my comfort zone. That was my big goal in 2023 is to go out of my comfort zone, and lo and behold, I uh, I took a giant leap there for sure. People being nice on Twitter.com, who to thunk it? Certainly not me. Uh, but let's me. let's get on out of that comfort zone. Um, but before we get started, before we get going, before we get right back in the comfort zone and reveal speculative information about the baseball season. We've got another offer for you. Hey, MLB fans, thanks for joining us. We assume you're here. We have an awesome sports betting promo for new Bet365 users. It's a new promo. This time it's on Bet365. If you don't have an account, there's no better time than the present to get one. All you have to do is deposit $10 and place a $1 wager on any sport. As the king of $1 wagers, I can tell you that usually they don't, they're not very rewarding. Uh, I've got very few dollars on my Arizona Diamondbacks bets, but you could get a much better safety net. You'll you put that $1 wager on, uh, you'll instantly receive $200 added to your account in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. All you have to do is use the code BASEBALLIN at signup. That's BASEBALLIN. It's like baseballin'. You're, you're balling, playing baseball, baseball in. You'll not only receive the $200 in bonuses, but you will also be directly supporting 
our podcast. If you haven't signed up for Bet365, join with the code baseball in and place that first bet. The code's going to be on the screen for the whole show if you're watching us. If you're listening to the audio version, hopefully I enunciated it well enough that you understand what the code is. The offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in most legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for full terms of the offer. Um, Now, based on and inspired by your uh, writing this week, your written column, uh, Canyon, welcome back, uh, crying about the Pirates. Sadly, uh, our our praise of the Pirates may be uh, on pause for the time being, not permanently uh, exterminated, but just just on pause uh, for a little bit. Uh, they are not included in, in today's episode quite so much. You wrote on, uh, if you had to pinpoint your early sellers and buyers to watch three of each at the 2023 trade deadline. And uh, we're approaching a point in the season when everybody's records are kind of real. I will say that uh, a couple of these buyers are sort of stuck in the middle right now. And you are showing faith in them. And, and it seems they're showing faith in the current roster in the way that they are operating. Yeah, I'll just dive into it here. It's uh, like the first team that I can absolutely see buying, and it seems like a sure thing at this point, is the Los Angeles Dodgers. And it is going to be very interesting to see exactly what direction they go in, in terms of what part of the roster they they try to upgrade. And you can look at the starting rotation, and you can look at shortstop. I think it's much more likely that a meaningful rotation addition helps or ends up happening there. Um What's going to be a little bit tricky is the starting pitching market does not exactly have top options available or many options available, I should say. And it remains to be seen if guys like Corbin Burns or Dylan Cease or even Shane Bieber will be on the market or moved. Um, but I think the Dodgers are going to be much more likely to to address the rotation rather than shortstop. And I I know we've seen Tim Anderson connected there. Would not get your hopes up. That's where I'm at as of right now. We haven't seen Tim Anderson a lot in real life this season either. I mean, we'll we'll we'll, we'll see, but uh, you know, minus 0.4 WAR and a 69 OPS plus on the season, this might not be the year to trade for Tim Anderson, who's also been battling a lot on the injury front. Um, what about the other two buyers? That, you know, the Dodgers have, have sprinted out with a different roster than most of us are used to. Two first place in the NL West again, ho hum. It's 17 different guys from last year. Somehow the offense looks more tenacious than the 111 win team. We get it. There's magic in Los Angeles. Uh, The other two teams that you pinpointed as buyers, the Padres and Cardinals, are both decidedly under 500 and currently out of the playoff picture, but neither is out of it. And the Padres are just a hot three games away from capturing one of those wild card spots. What do you believe in so plainly about those teams and, and those front offices pursuing at the deadline? Yeah, uh, I'll start with the Cardinals here. They are, they in the past two years, they've acquired four starting pitchers. It's been Jay Happ, John Lester, Jordan Montgomery, and Jose Quintana. And all four have worked out. And I would firmly expect them with their rotation needing help once again for John Mosellac to go and be aggressive on the starting pitcher market, what that exactly looks like. I'm not totally sure, but they ended up doing a deal last year where they shipped Harrison Bader from a position of strength in the outfield to address their starting rotation and get Jordan Montgomery. I wondered if that kind of deal 
could be on the table once again with a guy like Tyler O'Neill. That's just speculating by me. I don't want to say I've heard anything in that regard, but um, considering their, their past deals, it certainly makes sense. And on O'Neill, like, I think he's, I think he's available in trade talks. Have not exactly heard if anything is like is happening. Um, But one team that I think likes Tyler O'Neill is the Brewers. And I don't necessarily know if they would trade him in the division. That would be a rather tricky one, especially since it's like their um, their main competition in the division. But um, I guess stranger things have happened. But um, I would firmly expect the Cardinals to be in on starting rotation help. And then with the Padres, I know you want to talk about Blake Snell and that possibility. I'm going to just – I'll say it right now. I have not heard anything quite yet, so it might be a little bit early to tell, but I think the Padres' main priority at the deadline is going to be the catcher position and trying to upgrade that. But as I've outlined in previous podcasts, it's going to be pretty difficult. Um just because you have Sean Murphy off the market, you have Wilson Contreras off the market. They talked to the Cubs about Wilson Contreras last year, but obviously nothing happened there. Uh, then William Contreras' brother is now in Milwaukee. So it leaves the, like the, the catcher market in a little bit of a flux. Um, like the top option that could be available or one of the top options is Jan Gomes with the Chicago Cubs. Maybe. I mean, it's another stopgap option. It's not going to end up helping you out long-term. Another one that I thought of, Jorge Alfaro, um, him getting, um, him opting out of his contract today. Obviously, A.J. Preller knows him very well from San Diego and Texas as well. Um, maybe they could have another reunion here. Who knows? But I think catcher is the position to watch for the car, for, uh, for the Padres here. The only thing that runs counter to Alfaro is Gary Sanchez, two home runs in two games similar players i mean neither is known for the defensive acumen so the familiarity leans alfaro but if gary sanchez just pops off and and hits like a seven dinger month or whatever then maybe the padres just go we're satisfied for now you know you never know um but gary sanchez much more of a dh than a catcher these days anyway so who knows no exactly and like i also like to branch off for a second here uh ethan fisher your comment i thought that said jason bay and i have not heard that name in like 10 years uh, I was just like, whoa, what a shot on the baseball insiders. But Jason DeLay, there we go. All right. So I just wanted can, to address that. Yeah. Can the Padres have Jason Bay, though? That's also a, a question worth asking. Yeah, Pirates Pirates legend. I mean, it's what, what a guy. I mean, that's – wait, Jason Bay, who, who, are, who are all the teams that he ended up playing for? Let's see if I can do it off the top of my head without – I'm going to look it up now. Up. Let's okay, see if you can do it. Yeah, he was, so he was uh, the rookie of the year in 04 with the Pirates – um, I, I met him and got a signed photo, a uh, big one for me, uh, obviously seemed like he was a, he was the future. He was Manny Ramirez's replacement in Boston. And, uh, he was stacked. It, he was just, he was like the perfect Red Sox, uh, until he wasn't. Then he, he goes to them. He goes from Boston to the Mets and is one of the worst Mets of all time. Uh, they move the fences out at city field for some reason. And then he's hitting like he's hitting like 210 but he's also hitting like 430 foot singles off the wall and he hits like eight home runs in a year and then i know he goes to seattle and can't resurrect his career and i just don't know if that's it i don't know if that's the end of the line but he was a he was yeah ethan fisher got it i was gonna say he was a padres prospect before he was a pirates rookie 
Yep. And did you also mention the Red Sox in there for Jason Bay? I don't know. Yeah. I remember the Red Sox very well because there was a game in 2009, my freshman year of college. Uh, I'm trying to fit in. I'm going to college in New England, by the way. It's a lot of Red Sox fans. And the first Yankees Red Sox game of the year was uh, Mariano Rivera on the mound, 4-2, bottom of the ninth. Uh, And the game gets tied. I can't remember if Euclid or Bay tied it. I think Euclid hit a two-run, two-out homer, and then Bay walked it off in extras. But I do just remember sitting in the hallway of my dorm being like, life is uh, going to be bad for a while. I think the Red Sox are good. And then yeah, the Yankees well, did, did win the World Series that fall. So. See, there you go. It, it, all, it all works out in the end. Um, but also, and the, one more thing on Jason Bay. I was today years old when I learned that he was drafted by the Montreal Expos. I had no idea about that whatsoever. Like You learn something new every day, and I learned that Jason Bay was drafted by the Expos. Uh, bring back the Expos, by the way. I had a God. I don't. I think I didn't have the Expos rookie card. I think I had the 2002 or 2003 tops Padres Bay. Um, I don't think I had the Jason Bay Expos card. But he uh, debuted with the Padres in May 2020, 2023, 2003. Got his first big league hit a home run in his major league debut, but then quickly was shipped to the Pirates. Um, more Jason Bay talk than I gotta admit. This is more Jason Bay talk than I anticipated today. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see as much uh, Jason Bay talk as we've had on the rundown today. So I guess we're. I mean, that's not a bad thing. Jason Bay talk is always a good thing. No, there's nothing wrong with it. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The the, the Blake Snell thing, um, look, I don't think the, the Padres are going to be in a position to, to sell Blake Snell, <laughs> but uh, just got me thinking he's a free agent after this season. He is, uh, uh, before yesterday's dominant start, he was sporting a five ERA. The metrics weren't much kinder to him, more walks than ever. And he posted on his Instagram story, him and Aaron Judge hanging out at Yankee Stadium, the Yankee series last week. They both reposted each other and it was like, my brother, love you or whatnot. It just made me feel like if the Yankees are a rotation member short, maybe there's a weird little buy low fit there. The, the problem is the Yankees don't really have a catcher who's going to lead a deal. They could give you Josh Bro who hits for power is at double A is recovering. They could give you Kyle Higashiuk or Ben Rortvet, but they're going to have to surrender real prospect capital and they can't fix the major league roster in the process. So probably a no go, but it did just make me go, huh? Like they're probably not resigning them. Are they? So you never know. No, you, you never know is you never know is right. But uh, I mean, good shots by you. And I'll tell you like in terms of like addressing rosters and like shuffling rosters too, should we get into the uh, should we get into the sellers? What do you think? Let's get into let's get into the teams in the basement because uh, sorry, Major League Baseball fans looking for trade deadline wins. You're going to have to plunder uh, the terrible roster of the Oakland A's. But who else are uh, who else are you looking out for here? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the A's here um, just because they got some they got some pieces. Um, they I mean, they have Ramon Laureano. They have Brent Rooker. They have. I mean, if you look 
if you want to have like a super dark horse here, Richard Lovelady. They so he was with the Royals to start of the year. He got sent to the Braves in like what was basically an afterthought of a deal. And then in another afterthought of a deal, he was traded to the A's uh, from the Braves. And he's actually been a very useful and like meaningfully good reliever in Oakland. And maybe they can turn what was an afterthought into a prospect. So that would be that would be a win for Oakland. But the fact that we're talking about Richard Lovelady and the top three players that they can move, um, no offense to Lovelady, but yoy. Yeah. Um, so what we'll see there. Then you look at the Kansas City Royals. That's another team that is certain to sell at this point. I would not think Zach Grinke is going to be going um, just because of his ties to the organization and the fact that he like specifically wants to be there. Um, I think the Royals will do him a solid and just keep him. Um, but you, I guess you never know if a team comes in with a, an offer that's too good to be true, um, especially in a weak starting pitching class. But you can look at Roldis Chapman, who's already gotten trade interest. Um, I would firmly expect him to go at some point. And then you look at Mikel Garcia and Nicky Lopez. They have an infield logjam, and trading one of those two would end up freeing um, some infield room for a guy like Bobby Witt Jr. Um, and some others there too. So I think that certainly is something that's going to be on the table. They're not going to get like a haul or anything in return for either one, but they should at least get something decent in return. And I'm just going to, I'm going to take over here and, and go with the last, with the last one, the Chicago White Sox. This is the team that they could define the trade deadline if they wanted to. Um, you look, they have Yasmina Grandal, they have Lucas Giolito, they have Mike Clevenger, um, they have um, just an assortment of different guys. They got um, Liam Hendricks, who, I mean, obviously just came back. What an unbelievable story that is. And teams are always looking for for useful high-end and high-leverage relievers at the deadline. Could he be available? I guess you never know. Um, but I would not rule anything out, uh, especially with teams always being in that market. And then the prize possession of them all. I've talked about it before. I'll mention him again, Dylan Cease. That is somebody who I think will garner a lot of trade calls for that front office and – like all good GMs, I would imagine Rick Hahn listens um, just because you're looking at a guy who is one of the best right-handed pitchers in baseball. And if a team acquires him, they're going to end up having three postseason runs with him, And that is a very valuable thing. And it's also going to make him extremely expensive. My guess is that he's not moved, but we saw last year that happened with Juan Soto and the Padres paid an absolute poop ton. I mean, could it happen again with Dylan Cease this time? Stranger things have happened. I guess I would not rule anything out there, but um, his candidacy on the trade market is something that I think we're going to be talking about pretty often in the next two months. Yeah, I would not eat my foot if Dylan Cease is traded. I Me would too. not eat my foot if Dylan Cease uh, inks a contract with the Braves Foundation either. <laughs> Yeah, no, you can't mess with the Braves Foundation. That it seems like every single episode you somehow work the Braves Foundation into the show, and you know they're what? They're missing starters. They're missing starters. So are the Dodgers. I, I guess those are the two teams that you probably got to really keep your eyes out for. But I mean, yeah, I got Braves Foundation goons at my door every single episode, like mafia guys, baseball bats hitting into their hands, uh, threatening me, telling me not to expose the secret of the Braves Foundation, and I won't. 
Um, but I do think that would be a nice fit if they do decide to go in that direction. No, I absolutely do too. I think that would make a whole lot of sense. I just don't know if they'd be willing to pay the kind of prospect haul it would take. But as far as like a fit on paper, pretty damn good. I think that would end up being a really good thing. And also, um, it's a great shot by Justin here. The fact that he would end up being a rental, most likely, I should say, because as you know, Scott Boris, he loves to he loves to take his players to free agency, and that's where he allows them to establish their markets in order to get the biggest contract. I would imagine that would end up being the same thing here um, with Cease. I mean, he's doing it with Juan Soto. He literally turned down $440 million for, for Juan Soto. I'd imagine he's going to have no issue doing it again here with Dylan Cease. Um, and Cease specifically hired Boris. Um, well, he, he fired his old agent and hired Boris a year ago in what was very likely um, a quest to, like, to secure the biggest contract. And also another good point here by by Justin. It seems like he's making a lot of good points today. Uh, yeah. so shout out to Justin. Not many Boris clients on that Braves roster. And um, I mean, that's very, that's a very astute observation. Can I also just add not many Boris clients on that Dodgers roster? Like they're the, the ones who have not signed free agent contracts. Sure. But they haven't signed a big deal with Boris since Ryu um, it, like it, 10 years ago. So it's, it's been a long time. That that has been a very long time. That's I didn't realize it's been that long for them. I knew it was I knew it had been a minute, but I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, Julio is obviously going to test free agency. Um, yeah, uh, Cody Bellinger departed. They kept giving him those little one year arb deals. Uh, yeah, it's it's been quite a while. Uh, the Zach Greinke thing, uh, whether he has a real no trade clause or just an informal no trade clause, he's certainly I would say probably going to invoke the please clause. That just like don't. Don't do that. I'd like to stay in Kansas City. And it's his right. Uh, Lance Lynn, what is Lance Lynn? He's, he's got a team option for 2024. The White Sox are not picking up that team option. No one's banging down the door to pick up a guy who's been worth negative 0.9 B-War with a 6.55 ERA. But is that a is that somebody's four starter? Is that a buy low? It's an expensive It's an expensive piece. I don't know. I'm, I'm confused. The White Sox, you are 100% right, are going to blow up this deadline in 10 different ways. We're just not sure how yet. No, exactly. And like the Lance Lynn idea, it's a good one. Um, it, but I don't know if that we're going to be able, I don't know if they're going to be able to get a team to one, like take on his entire contract and also be able to get something meaningful in return for him. He's, he's had a very extensive and like high workload in previous years. And like, it was pretty consistent, like just how much he was pitching and maybe it's finally caught up with them. Maybe, Maybe there's some team out there who sees something that they can fix. I guess you never know, but um, his value right now is is not very high, to say the least. Yeah, and and Kevin, of course, is right here. The Dodgers have endless talent at the minor league level. We talked on the last show about how they love to tell you about Nick Nostrini and River Ryan and these like middle, like just below that top tier pitching prospect. They really want you to know they have that depth, and they want you to know that. Uh, for good reason. So the Dodgers are, are a team to keep an eye on, the foremost team to keep an eye on. Uh, and in the wake of Noah Syndergaard saying he would trade his firstborn, hypothetically, for the ability to be the old me, um, that's one of the darkest baseball quotes you will ever read. But I don't think Noah Syndergaard's time in L.A. is going to be lengthy. So they're, they're going to have to replace that roster spot, probably. No, exactly. And I, I had mentioned on the last show just how much longer the Dodgers can end up holding on to a guy like Noah Syndergaard considering his struggles. And that quote that he 
that he dropped. Um, wow. Uh, I can't, I don't remember the last time I heard a player talk like that. And um, if there's one thing that I have learned about Noah Syndergaard and like being around him and also talking to people around him is that he, he cares. Um, he wants to be really, really, really good. And the fact that he's not been able to do that um, cannot be easy on him at all. And he, like, I would imagine when he signed with the Dodgers, he knew that was going to be his best chance to bounce back and get to the level that he was at with the Mets. And the fact that it has gone this poorly, um, it may be a reality check for him. And I'm hoping he can bounce back. But that being said, I don't know how much longer the Dodgers are going to be able to do this because he's been, um, he has not been good enough. And I think he would even agree with that statement too. Well, moving on from the buyers and sellers, we have a couple of, uh, of teams we want to talk about that are firmly in the middle. And obviously we can't, uh, you know, we, we don't know where the deadline is going. And I saw the Red Sox pop up in the comment section too. I would definitely add them to this pile of teams that are right around 500. There are positives, there are negatives, but the next two months are going to determine how they attack the trade deadline. Uh, the Tigers are a team that merits discussion here because a couple weeks ago when they're mired way under 500 and Eduardo Rodriguez is in line to start the all-star game, potentially you would say that he is the biggest trade chip this side of Dylan Cease. Uh, he has an opt out at the end of the year. This is a, this is a rental. This is a proven playoff pitcher. And this is a guy peaking all of a sudden he's got this finger injury to sort out and the Tigers are still barely under 500 and, and kind of threatening in the AL Central behind the underperforming Twins. So what can we make of this whole Eduardo Rodriguez mess? Um, and are the Tigers going to maybe be prone to believe in themselves if they stick around the 500 mark leading into the deadline? It's a really interesting little debate that they have here uh, and that they're going to have to, it's a very interesting decision that they're going to have to make here too. And they have exceeded everybody's expectations. I consider them a very strong candidate to finish at or near the bottom of that entire, in, um, like, sorry, I just got a really random text. Um, I, I, I expected them to be at or near the bottom of that division. And um, the fact that they've been able to do this, it's a huge credit to that team. And it's going to force some very difficult decisions um, and Eduardo Rodriguez is going to be one of them. He's pitched very well this year, like very, very, very well. And this injury is going to like very, it, it's going to make things complicated for him at the deadline. I'm sure with the lack of, um, lack of starting pitching depth on the market that there's still going to be plenty of calls, but the Tigers want to start a new era where they're going to be contending and they want to be going away from that rebuilding. Look, trading a starting pitcher, in the second year of what a five year for what is it? 75 something mm -hmm. around that ballpark um, million dollar contract would, I don't, I wonder what kind of message that would send to that locker room. The fact that they've done this well, and then they trade someone who should be like the face of their next arrow. I don't know if they would do it. Um, but I'm certain that if he is healthy, there is going to be considerable trade interest. It, leads pretty seamlessly into the Red Sox here too. A, a team that let Rodriguez go, that let Bogarts go, that let uh, you know J.D. Martinez go. And we thought, ah, the Tigers will bring up the rear in the Central. The Red Sox will bring up the rear in the East. We won't have to really think about, oh, can the Red Sox get anything for Kike Hernandez? We're starting to pick them off. 
uh, early in the offseason. And all of a sudden, they're in a similar position. They're struggling lately. Uh, the offense has been boomer bust. The run differential is they're basically <laughs> razor's edge. They're like plus nine, but they're an over 500 team. They get Duval back eventually. He's already on a rehab assignment. They get Story back. Uh, they're better than we anticipated for sure. But they're another team that the next month and a half or so is going to determine whether or not, I assume, they're going to go in on this roster or they're just going to sort of stand pat and cross their fingers and hope they can become a third wildcard team. No, exactly. And like, if you look at, if you look at either like the NL or the AL, like that wildcard competition is going to be in rather wild. And it's like, the, there's a lot of competition throughout a lot of like through for each of those spots. And I wonder just how much those teams that are contending for those wildcard spots are going to be willing to sell off in hopes that they can actually secure one of those spots. So I don't know, but it's going to be like a very interesting decision for, as you said, like the Tigers for the Red Sox, um, for I'm basically all those teams in the AL East. Um, totally fascinating. And by the way, like speaking of the AL East, I wanted to give a shout out to Kevin Kiermeyer for that catch that he had today against the Brewers. Second inning, holy smokes, man. Um, that was one of, I, that may have been the best catch of the year. Um, I feel pretty decent in saying that too. And Kiermeyer, we don't know, like, look, Brandon Belt has not worked out. Dalton Varsho leads the league in pop up rate. Kevin Kiermeyer has been worth 2.5 war this year, hitting 319, a 147 OPS plus. He's been the defender that Varsha was supposed to be. Probably a top three free agent signing of the offseason. Oh, absolutely. And like it's funny because whenever a player leaves Tampa Bay, it seems like they just come flat back down to earth. And he's been the exact opposite. He's proved that he is still a very useful player. And on a one-year contract, Adam, he could be a very like a very strong candidate to secure a, like a surprisingly strong multi-year deal this offseason, especially considering how weak the free agent hitter class is behind Shohei Otani. Um, if he continues this, we're talking about, um, as you said, probably a top three free agent signing of this past offseason. And considering it was like basically an afterthought and last-second deal. Um, or late in free agency, that is about as good as the Blue Jays and even Kiermaier could have ever envisioned and hoped for. Well, if you're a genius and you believe in your bets the same way the Blue Jays believe in Kevin <laughs> Kiermaier, it might be the time for you to sign up with Bet365. We got a promo. All you got to do is deposit $10, place a $1 wager on any sport. You'll instantly receive $200 added to your account in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. All you have to do is use the code BASEBALLIN at sign up. That's baseball in. It's right down there at the bottom of the screen. You not only receive the $200 in bonuses when you do that, you'll also be directly supporting our podcast. Yep, it gets linked back to us. So if you haven't signed up for Bet365, you signed up for the others and you want to try Bet365, join with the code BASEBALLIN and place that first bet. This offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus physically present in most legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. And I'm glad I don't have to say the full terms of the offer again. Uh, let's live in the NL central just for a smidge. Um, because you want to talk strange buyers. You want to talk stuck in between. Uh, it's the whole division basically. Like we think the Cardinals are going to buy. I think they probably will. I love what the Reds are doing and they're going to call up Ellie De La Cruz soon. And Matt McLean is good. And Jose Barrero is good. And Spencer Steer is good. And the Reds just might be interesting and lurking even below them are the Chicago Cubs who, 
now have to sort this out again. They are stuck in between, but they're also barely out of the playoff picture. Justin Steele's forearm tightness for waiting for the MRI. Could that be what dictates whether the Cubs are buyers or sellers? So I'm going to start with the Reds here for a second. Yes, this let's the Reds. I, I told myself I was not going to do this, but that Twitter beef between Ken Rosenthal, C. Trent Rosecrans, and Kirk Herbstreit. Yeah. That is the most surprising thing I think I have ever experienced in 11 years on the Twitter machine. Um, that that article that Rosenthal and Trent Rosecrans wrote about Jonathan India was totally like it was it was a it's a real thing. They like they stated the facts, they laid out their case well, and Herb Street accused them of like trying to generate clicks and saying that he has never heard of Trent Rosecrans in his life. Herb Street claims that he is a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan. If he does not know who C. Trent Rosecrans is, then he's then what is he doing? He's yeah. Trent is is the best one of the best beat writers in baseball. Um, so come on, Kirk, like be be better than that. Um, okay, now I got I got that off my chest. I needed to, I needed to get that out. I'm glad uh, we did it. I'm glad we did it. Yeah, me too. I, I feel better now because Trent's my guy. Uh, he's he's done a lot for me, so I gotta uh, I gotta back him up. Um, Herb Street flies across the country to do like these double college football games in in one day. Maybe he's a little lightheaded. I don't know, but he's definitely doubling and tripling and quadrupling down here. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely quadrupling down, and the fact that he's like still this is still going on is is wild. Uh, but I I'm not kidding you. I got the tweet notification from Rosenthal earlier saying that Herb Street was being ridiculous. And I like, I audibly like gasped, which is like, Whoa, uh, but uh, okay. I got, I got, I got to get to the Cubs now. Let's uh, talk Cubbies. All right. Um, they're in a really interesting spot too. Cause right now they're what 24 and 31 yep. and they're in last place in the division yet. They're still five games out like that division stinks. Um, <laughs> there's no other way of putting it. And they're still contending in this, but they have some really interesting decisions here. They have Marcus Stroman, who has an option at the end of the year where he can opt out and 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 become a free agent. Uh, he's what he's got a three or seventy one million dollar contract, so he'd be opting out of the final year. He has stated that he wants to stay in Chicago and prefer being extended rather than traded. Um, I don't necessarily know what direction that's going to go in. But as I've stated before, with the lack of starting pitching depth, I would imagine Stroman is going to be drawing trade interest. And I saw a comment earlier about Drew Smiley. That is a very, very, very good shout. Um, he is somebody who has gotten a lot of interest, and he got a lot of interest in the free agent market this year. Um, and I remember this is this is story time here. Um, the Brewers signed him years ago. Um, when he was trying to get back into the majors and they had him in their minor league system. They thought they had something. They knew that actually they knew they had something and he ended up exercising the opt-out clause in his contract and ended up going to San Francisco. And he was very useful for San Francisco. And I know the Brewers were not happy when that happened. He ended up signing a lucrative deal with the Braves. Um, obviously now he's with the Cubs and there's a lot of teams that are intrigued by him. And I would imagine considering his contract status, that he is certainly going to be somebody who draws um, a, a good amount of interest. I don't know if the Cubs would move him just because I know they like him, but um, 
a left-handed pitcher at the deadline is a very hot commodity. And who knows that could end up prompting some team to overpay for him. And how many people out there are sort of aware that Drew Smiley is 34? Like he's, he's pretty young. There's a lot of Drew Smiley left potentially. No, there is. It's, it's wild because like him being 34, I still think of him like, I don't know. I, I don't know why. I actually thought he was younger than that. I don't know if you were thinking he may be older than that. Interesting. I, I He strikes me as older. I mean, not like Rich Hill level, but I, I would have said 36, and, and I would have been wrong. Um, also, how about Rich Hill to the Cardinals, by the way? For, when you listed off just that list of endless aging lefties, I'm just like, Rich Hill, St. Louis. No, I'm I'm telling you, my, that's where my mind was at too. Um, and last year we ended up seeing it happen where um, – where they, the Cardinals and, and the Pirates ended up coming together for a trade. It was Jose Quintana to St. Louis for Johan Oviedo and another player. Um, maybe they do it again. That They show that they're not afraid to make deals with one another, so who knows. Um, and also, by the way, Jason Bay is 44, in case you're wondering. I had to bring Jason Bay back into the equation. Jason Bay also wore 44, I believe. So this is like his, you know, people say it's my Jordan year when you're 23. This is Jason Bay's Jason Bay year. The... <laughs> he's just walking around his own house being like it's my jason bay year his wife is like i don't know what this is i don't know what you're talking about no i i feel like that would probably get him in the doghouse if he ended up trying to pull that off i mean that yes. yeah oh boy poor guy but no that would be um oh boy i i can't believe the amount of jason bay talk we've had on this podcast and also degrom being 35 shortly yowza that is... He got called up at like 27, I want to say. Like he was an older rookie when he first showed up on the scene. One of his first starts was against the Yankees too. And we were all kind of like, who's this 26-year-old rookie? But uh, apparently the best pitcher in baseball and the most talented in, in recent history. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't even think that's a, up for debate. What do you think? No, I think I would say Kershaw defined this generation, mm-hmm. but DeGrom is the most talented pitcher. Yeah, I think that's you took the words right out of my mouth on that one. I think that's totally accurate. Boom. It's what I do. It's, it's why we're here. Um, every time I make a point that good, I want to celebrate like Marcus Stroke. Like This is my podcast. I do this. Uh, so maybe we'll bring that uh, for the next couple of months. Every time we have a good discussion, I'll cap it off by, by doing one of these. Like I just threw a complete game. Well, if you continue that, you're going to have a nicely bruised sternum. So, I mean, Hey, I mean, I'd be for it cause it's good content, but um i i don't i don't want you to hurt yourself adam i I, I like i like you too much i appreciate that i also don't want to ever say this is my podcast it is very much not it would not be a podcast without robert murray so i'm going to demand that you also do the stroman chest bump if i do it but i'll i'll warn you if i'm going to do it i'm probably not um before we sign off let's close it out by just mentioning a couple players who could be available pre-deadline they could in fact be available Right now, they're opting out. The deadline is coming for players with minor league contracts to potentially seek new employment. We already touched on Alfaro. Cole Calhoun changed his swing and has a 963 OPS at AAA with the Yankees. He is very likely to leave. The Yankees have 72 hours to add him to the active roster. They are probably not going to do that. They are, in fact, welcoming Giancarlo Stanton back for the weekend. They've already made their choices. They like Jake Bowers. Cole Calhoun could help somebody. I'm looking at Ben Gamel in Tampa as well. I don't know if you have any more players you have an eye on who might trigger their opt-ins. 
Yeah, that's Ben Gamble. Wait, did he actually exercise his opt out? Or... I don't think he did yet, but it's just someone I'm watching. And I know he's got one, and I don't know if he's cracking that Tampa outfield. Okay, yeah, I wanted to make sure. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, we've already seen. I mean, he he's somebody who I actually I like Gamble. I was around him in, in Milwaukee. Good dude, uh, yeah. big fan. So, um, and I mean, he's certainly like a useful number four outfielder and considering like i mean the dodgers is need for another outfielder maybe that's a short-term option there uh just speculating there of course uh, but we also saw some guys opt out of the uh of their cubs contracts today it was tyler duffy and Vinny natoli i had found out about Vinny natoli at 4:58 this morning i was sitting on my porch drinking my morning coffee and watching the sunrise when i got the text to my airpods and i'm like it's gonna be a good day today um He's somebody who I think he'll probably latch on rather quickly. Guy like Tyler Duffy could be a little bit difficult. Um, I would, don't necessarily know what his future is going to look like there, uh, but he's in his mid thirties, posted like a four four ERA uh, in AAA, but also had twenty four strikeouts and fourteen walks, which is, I mean, that's not exactly inspiring, but um, he's got a track record of being like a decent reliever in the major league level. So maybe some team takes a chance there. It's always possible. And uh, when, when someone with as much star power too, as Alfaro has, it's sort of like surprising to see that he just could be available again for a song. Jose Iglesias ended up back with the Padres. He opted out and then changed his contract around. He's staying in San Diego for now. Some of these moving pieces at the minor league level are worth watching for depth purposes. That plus the Jason Bay talk is why you come to the Baseball Insiders. We will be right back next week, every Monday, every Thursday, 3.30 Eastern. We thank everybody for joining us today. The comment section was sick. Do you have something you want to add or are you just saying what's up? Oh, no, I, I, I want to add that I, I will not be on next Thursday's episode. I will yes. be traveling back to Wisconsin. So Monday, make sure to tune in because we will have lots of good dope. Uh, that that much I can definitely say. Yes, and Thursday's episode will absolutely suck. No, well, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. The show, yeah, a boy. No, I'll handle business. Everybody can trust me. We're gonna have a great guest on Thursday. Um, but yes, Robert and I will be back on Monday. We're gonna be running through oh so much more stuff before you go away, take your trip. Um, and we're gonna have the dope for you as always. Um, and, and yes, this is this is live on YouTube. Mondays and Thursdays, 3.30 Eastern, but on all podcast platforms after uh, if you're an audiophile and you prefer listening rather than watching. But again, why wouldn't you just watch? Uh, it's very pleasant to watch. And, and we thank everybody for the subscribes, the comments, the likes, all that good stuff on the video. It's you that get us these betting promos. It's you that allow us to continue to do this show. We passed 1,000, and we kind of passed 1,000 subscribers by a lot. Now we got to get those watch hours up to give you people even more opportunities, exclusive content, subscriber exclusives, et cetera. So please join us for the ride as the deadline approaches. Robert Murray, it does not get better than doing this show with you. And feeling is mutual, man. It's always a pleasure. Uh, you bring out the best in me, you bring out the best in all of us. And thank you all for tuning in and watching. Uh, means the world to both Adam and I. Um, allows me to eat plenty of food, plenty of steaks. Um, so I can try to keep up with obviously a burner's physique because that guy is absolutely yoked. Um, appreciate you, obviously, Burn. Appreciate you, Justin. Appreciate all you guys for tuning in and watching. Adam, I appreciate you. Sean Daly, excellent job producing. Uh, an absolute legend. Um, Adam, again, thank you.
Thank you, Sean Daly. Thank you. I'll give you a go birds. I promised Robert I would do it. So go birds, everybody all around. Uh, and again, I'll do my best to make next Thursday's show watchable. No, I promise. It'll be good. It'll all be good. Um, take care, everybody. We'll see you right back here. Same place next Monday. It's June. It's getting real. We can't wait to talk about it. Take care, everyone. All right. Thank you, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.